Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The Fantasy Six-Pack Hour. With your hosts, Joe Bob. Ah, you're all. And AJ Apple. All right, welcome to the Fantasy Six Pack Hour. My name is Joe Bond, founder of FantasySixPack.net. With me, as always, my co-host AJ Abagarth. How's it going tonight, man? Pretty good. Pretty good. Ready for a great show. So let's do it. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna cut the news and notes out. Uh, there's obviously a lot going on out there, but uh, uh, we got to, uh, we have a great guest tonight. We want to get to it short for time, so we're gonna cut it short. But uh, just before we move on, remember to subscribe onto us on for us on YouTube, Periscope, uh, iTunes, wherever you listen to us. Uh, we we appreciate the support. So just make sure you go ahead and click that button there. Uh, let's do our beer of the week first, and then we'll bring on our guests and just rock, rock and, roll. and roll. All right, so, so I'm, I'm drinking, drinking a Kushwa Outsider Perspective. It is a New England uh, double IPA. I picked it up uh, last weekend, I think, and I gave it a four on Untap. It's it's pretty tasty, man. Uh, I'm not going to get into the details, but uh, it's it's definitely good. So. Awesome. I uh, finally was able to find a Kona Brewing Company Gold Cliff IPA, which is the uh, little surfboard that can't really <clears throat> see there behind me, but it's right there. So, uh, yeah, they didn't have it in Hawaii for some reason when I was in Hawaii, and uh, now I have it, so I'm in, ready to enjoy it. All right. Sounds good, man. All right, well, without further ado, uh, let's bring on our guest, Mr. Fantasy Guru himself, John Hansen, owner of FantasyPoints.com. He hosts you know, the morning show on SiriusXM, DirecTV, Fantasy Zone Channel, Hall of Famer, FSWA. List of accolades goes on, man. Great to have you on. Um, how's it going tonight? Good. What's up, Joe? Anthony, I feel like completely unprepared. I... I- <laughs> It's the first time it's ever happened to me that I didn't bring beer. So uh, <laughs> I'm sorry I couldn't participate. I'm, no I'm a Stella guy, which to you is probably the most boring beer choice in the world. But, um, you know, it's I like enjoy water. A good Stella. I get a yeah. good Stella. In fact, we had uh, Richard on last week was drinking a Stella, right, for the for the show, for the mock yeah. So, yeah, you're in good company. I'm a lager guy, you know, yeah. Heineken, Stella. I'll even do Amstel Light if, yeah. uh, if need be. But hey. – uh, I could it never get works. into the IPA, man. I, I don't know what it is, man. It's just not not feeling it with my taste buds with the IPAs. That's I was into all that stuff before I tried the IPAs, and the IPAs took over um, for whatever reason. So, you know, I know not everybody likes the IPAs, but it, it, it worked for us at least. Yeah. No, I know a lot of people who like it. It's just not, not my bag. Yeah. So, uh, again, great to have you on tonight. 
uh, I do want to you know, let you kind of promote your new site. Uh, you know, you got the sign behind you, Fantasy Points. You know, kind of tell everybody, including us, you know, what it's all about and yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, as you guys. One, I was like, wow, this is ridiculous. I'm actually preparing for the show. Uh, I'm not <laughs> used to that. Um, but, you know, I also had a pretty, a really great uh, group of contributors um, that, you know, I kind of helped cultivate most of them. And uh, they still had a lot of, you know, interest in working with me, strong interest in working with me. And the fact is, you know, I've been doing this for so long. I've learned so many damn lessons. I thought, you know, let's take another crack at perfection because, it would be kind of a waste with everything that I've worked toward the last two and a half decades to just kind of say goodbye and that's it. And I'm certainly not ready to retire. I'm still very passionate about it. So we, we all came together and um, launched a, a new company and a new website. It was not easy finding a brand, by the way. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I thought Fantasy Points was, was very interesting. You know, it's, um, it wasn't available readily, but it wasn't, it wasn't that expensive. Um, but it's just kind of a, a term everyone knows. It's pretty memorable. Um, you know, it, it's got double meanings in terms of you can make points about fantasy. But at the end of the day, what are we looking for? Points. Fantasy points. Yeah. So uh, we think the new place to get it is fantasypoints.com. And uh, the great thing about it, unlike the other site, really, that was a lot of me, especially in the early days, um, I'm just a part of it. So if you want my stuff, if you like my stuff, great. It's there. All the signature articles that I normally would do, all there. But Graham Barfield, Scott Barrett, you know, Graham Formula of NFL.com. Of course, he worked with us over at Guru. Scott Barrett at Pro Football Focus. You know, they've got a lot of the numbers things, you know, on lockdown. Joe Dolan, um, who I hired right out of college when he was 22 years old, like 11 years ago. Um, he's kind of a hybrid of the two. Tom Brawley's our, our resident grinder, plus Greg Cosell and Adam Kaplan. So, you know, we've got a legitimate NFL insider. I don't know if there's any other website, fantasy site, that has a, a person working for it that's literally calling coaches and getting the skinny, which, by the way, is more important than ever this year. So it's yeah. something for everyone, and uh, it's gone real well. I, boy, it's, it's, it's very flattering to see people like you guys you know, kind of help support us and kind of get excited about it. It's a very competitive industry, I understand, but there's room for a lot of people to be successful in this industry. So, yeah, off to a great start. Awesome. Yeah, no, Glad I remember. Yeah, I remember. Uh, I I don't go into work anymore, but uh, I stay at home with the kids. But every morning driving into work, I listen to you on the radio, and uh, I remember when you made the announcement that you you know you sold the site and you weren't going to do it anymore. I was like, whoa. Yeah. And I was kind of afraid you were going to come off the radio. Then you said you were going to still do it. I was like, oh, 
Great. <laughs> I just love listening to all the, the info you gave and, and just your insights. It was it's fantastic stuff. So uh not not that I'm trying to suck up completely, but uh it it was uh it was always it was always a fun it's always a fun fun listen. So yeah. One thing I've learned doing radio and TV over the years, like you just a dual meaning i'm, I'm going to try and pay it forward and uh promote guys like you and, and and try and help you out appreciate it appreciate it so uh you pretty much answered all the other questions that we had about the site so we'll just yeah. jump into some of this uh you know we we brought you on also to talk about some some general rankings and adp talk and things like that as the season's approaching you know those gets more and more important Guilty of it, but that's just what happens. So, yeah. um, just got a couple general questions at AJU Fire Away, man. Yeah, man. So, uh, without giving away all of your secrets, what mainly goes into your rankings? And and by that, I mean, you know, are they based solely on your projections? Uh, right, is it right. is ADP built in, or are they just straight gut calls? Yeah, it's an interesting question. Actually, it, it it's something so basic that I don't think people really think about it because. terms of you could do rankings but then people are going to ask for projections but then if they don't line up they're like what what's up you know so i've always kind of defaulted to i do projections and those projections determine the rankings so that's pretty much my process i don't um automate it in any way and uh that's probably my bad because i know a lot of people do it i i still don't trust it because you guys know this in in sports data and statistics you know one or two outlier performances huge game bad game could really skew the numbers i don't trust it so i go in and and physically touch every projection and every player and you know we don't want to spend an hour on all the things i keep you know i keep in my mind when i'm doing the projection but you know, I've been doing it for so long that, you know, it's very important. I think as Malcolm Gladwell said, you need to do something for 10,000 hours to be an expert in it. And I mean, I've probably done, you know, 900,000 hours. I don't even know how many years that is or how much time that is, but whatever. Um, I've got a very large base of knowledge. So I feel like I'm able when I do projections, I certainly look at very key statistics and most of them are pretty obvious, but I also have like this, this knowledge base that the human element 
is is involved. Um, you know, maybe I know that they're changing blocking schemes or I know the Vikings don't want to throw it as much. So I'll pull back from, you know, Steph Diggs's projections last year, mm-hmm. things like that. So yeah, that's my process. Make the projections to do the rankings. Sometimes they don't line up right. And uh, I tweak it just a little bit, but that's my process. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. Uh, I do, um, you know, very similar stuff there too. Uh, and the reason why I brought that up big time is your Scott Barrett actually, put something on Twitter just a few days ago about, you know, people ranking James White, you know, higher than like Rojo and, and win you the league. And so like, that's where you're, you can't draft just purely off of projections or rankings anyway. So right. Right. That's where I went with it. Yeah, exactly. And at fantasypoints.com, um, I do a draft plan article and I'm doing uh Friday, a big, huge article called good vibes, bad vibes, where I talk about all 32 teams, the vibes I'm picking up and things like that. You need to like read that. I mean, you could get up to speed in 20 minutes if you haven't covered anything you haven't followed anything you could read that in 20 minutes read the draft plan in another 20 minutes 40 minutes you'll probably be up to speed and then you'll have a little bit of a background on these projections i will say in the rankings so you know you just don't blindly go off the rankings i will say too though when i do the top 200 rankings now you can't automate that you just can't i mean obviously if you go by points it's going to be all the quarterbacks so i do consider adp so I, it's a combination when I rank them. Obviously, you keep the positional players in their proper order. But in terms of how you rank uh, everyone overall, I work into where are they going or when are they going off the board. And I combine that with when I think they should go off the board. So there's a little bit of a marriage mm-hmm. there. So, for example, I have Josh Allen at seven at quarterback just behind Deshaun Watson but Allen is like 30, 25 spots lower just because it would be foolish to take Josh Allen, you know, at 60 overall when his ADP 78. Yeah, no, it makes perfect sense. And and that actually goes right into our next segment here. We want to talk about guys that are like rising and falling, you know, within ADP and, and rankings or projections or whatever you want to use here. Um, now, non-injury related, because that's kind of the obvious, right? Uh, give us four guys, one quarterback, one running back, one receiver, and one tight end who are rising up for you as the season approaches. Okay. Well, at cor- I mean, unfortunately, it's the least revealing preseason, by the way, in the history <laughs> of fantasy <True>. football. <laughs> um, and that is a little bit of a problem. So, yeah, I'm just not seeing anyone who's, like, soaring up my board here. I mean, I have warmed up to Jared Goff. Yeah. Uh, Are you worried at all about the fact that Allen 
and this was one of the questions I had later, so I'll just ask it now. Are you worried about it all that, like, I forget where I read it. It was on Twitter somewhere. Somebody posted that he's talking about not running as much. Yeah. We've had this discussion um, on the radio show, and, uh, you know, there's an old adage among coaches, um, quarterbacks who run always run. They basically tend to run. Now, yeah. they do they do want to – check it down more, which right there is probably a big part of it. Increases uh, completion percentage, move the sticks, stay ahead of the down and all that. But at the end of the day, does have 17 rushing touchdowns the last two seasons. So when the bullets are flying for real and it's crunch time and it's third and seven, third and goal is a seven and um, no one's open, you know what's going to happen. But I think some of that too will be offset by the fact that uh, we are told that his downfield accuracy has markedly improved this summer and his mechanics lower body wise have improved as well. So um, I think plus the addition of digs. Yeah. I think they're going to be in a pretty explosive. They're going to be somewhat conservative. So that's a little bit of a concern, but I think the plays that they, they do make will be big plays. So you add it all up. I still, um, I'm still feeling it. I think he's a pretty exciting uh, fantasy pick. Yeah, I like him. So uh, a running back that you, you're falling in favor of more than you were before. Yeah, let me uh, pull that up. And I apologize for not being completely prepared, but I'm I'm more of a, a fly by the seat of my pants kind of a guy. That's when I'm at my best. That's well, fine. To my world. Yeah. <laughs> well, well um, I wrote the book on it. Yeah, not a ton. Um, I've been on. I've been in on Cam Akers. um with him so uh he's moved up just a little bit uh let's see is there anybody else well certainly on the low end damian harris is is probably the best answer right there and um i've always kind of liked him and uh sony michelle did return to practice this week as you guys know i actually just talked to a beat reporter a couple of hours ago was that been at practice every day and he, he you know confirms that you know harris has been kind of one of the stars of camp and that Sony Michelle does look okay, but he's not ruling out the possibility that Harris at some point relatively soon takes over. So it would have to be Damian Harris and I'm not a Ronald Jones guy. So, I mean, I've moved him up just a little bit, obviously I'm not stupid uh, because he's going to be, you know, the guy, but I'm still not all in on Ronald Jones. Also Zach Moss. He's, he's been climbing uh, just because we're hearing really good things. Good yeah, and that's that's good to see because he's a rookie, obviously, and they had even more of a disadvantage coming into camps than everybody else. So uh, I'm, I'm glad to see Moss rising up a little bit. Uh, he's yeah. a guy I got got my sights on in, in a few leagues and dynasties. So don't sleep on his role in the passing game. They they've been really happy with his receiving chops. Good, nice. All right, so what do you got for receiver then? Yeah, receiver has been pretty static pretty much all year. The guys that I like are 
a lot of the t- second tier guys, honestly, because I'm kind of like all in on taking running backs. But, you know, certainly Hollywood Brown, we're, we're, we've been all in on him. He's done nothing but kind of move up the board. Uh, no doubt about that. I've moved up and warmed up to uh, Will Fuller a little bit. I've never been a Fuller guy, but I feel like, well, if you're ever going to be in on Fuller, it's <laughs> probably this year. Um, Darius Slayton is a guy that I've uh, moved up. Uh, continue to talk to people there who who say, look, he's that's Daniel Jones's favorite receiver, which uh, makes some sense. Um, also, Henry Ruggs. You know, I've I've been told by you know Adam Kaplan is um is tight with someone there in the Raider organization, and as soon as I heard this, I'm like, all right, I'm in. Very quick learner. If you guys recall, like two weeks ago, there was an erroneous report about him. You know, going to play the slot. That that's bad reporting, by the way. It's that's not what the coach said. The coach said that he's been such a quick learner that he already picked up he he picked up Z, and now they were just expanding it. And he was working on the slot. He's not taking Hunter Renfro's job. Good news for Renfro. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's huge. Yeah. Um, I mean, do we call Antonio Gibson a receiver? What is he? I mean. Yeah. It's, um, <laughs> I'm going with running back at this point, know? I guess. I think most sites have him at running back. So yeah. he's going running back. Yeah. Uh, I, I do want to backtrack, though, just a little bit about the Marquise Brown. You mentioned Will Fuller. Another one of the questions we had was, like, these inconsistent guys. Like, how do you how do you deal with these guys? Like, like projection wise, they're gonna blow up, right? They're gonna have these blow up games, but like, can you really trust them when you draft them? Like, because it's like, when do you start them? Yeah, I mean, if I first of all, we're taking Hollywood, uh, you know, ideally as a three, that's probably a pipe dream at this point. But mm-hmm. I, I would, I think you can make up for maybe a lack of catches by you know drafting different types of players after him. Uh, volume, more volume type guys, mm-hmm. you can offset it. I just love the the pedigree and and certainly the talent and the the health this year. He's bulked up, hasn't lost much speed. They want to expand out the passing game. I, I'm big. I'm always big on you know pedigree. You know the Patriots. If you look at the Patriots, like they're always trying. to You know, maybe even Julian Edelman, you know, mm-hmm. try and offset that, you know, low catch total situation. Jarvis Landry, like the slot guys, for example, Tyler Boyd, uh, things like that. So I think there are ways to kind of offset it. But at the end of the day, man, I, I, I'm passionate about like young, ascending, exciting, get the juices flowing type of guys. Uh, that's not Julian Edelman this year, unfortunately, but that is Hollywood <laughs> Brown. Yeah. So, so speaking of the rookies, we'll, we'll just throw this in there. Cause you did mention rugs too. Um, I, we have been noticing a lot of the rookies moving up the boards and basically for all of these things you were just saying. So, so what are your thoughts about some of these guys other than rugs? You got lamb, you got Judy, you got Rager, Jefferson, Chenault. I mean, the list goes on from, yeah. from this year because there were yeah. so many of them, but you know, what are you looking at for them? Yeah, I think every situation's different. Every player in every situation needs to be approached um, individually so you can really kind of wrap your head around it. So what I've been 
you know, trying to do this year is everyone knows that the passing game guys are in a bad spot. You know, we all know that with the timing and the chemistry, the lack thereof in the offseason. But, you know, the narrative has been pushed so hard that the ADP has been kind of suppressed a little bit. So I'm like, okay, well, who are the guys who can rise above that for a variety of reasons? I've narrowed it down, you know, for about two months to three players. Jalen Rager, just because obviously there's a big need for him. They need explosiveness. You know, he's not just explosive vertically. He's explosive horizontally. They'll find ways to manufacture touches. He's done really well. Coaches, uh, not former player, son. The other one was Ruggs. Again, very quick learner. You know, the ghost of Al Davis made the pick. I know they have a lot of weapons here, but I, I just feel like they're going to they're gonna look to get the ball to Ruggs as much as they can. Because, you know, John Gruden wants Tyreek Hill. Like, he wants the next Tyreek Hill. Yep. Then the other guy would be Michael Pittman. I know he's been really quiet. I don't know what's going on there. It's, it's a little weird, but I, I know they love him. And they were loving him early on in camp. It's been a little weird. Maybe they're throwing more to the backs and the tight ends. Uh, players, you know, former player's son. Um, a lot of these kids I'm able to meet and interview at the combine and get a feel for him there. Uh, Pittman's a great, great kid. I do love Jerry Judy, though. He's He's been looking pretty good. Uh, the guys that I'm not really – well, CeeDee Lamb is blowing up. He's, he's, a, he's not a, a tough call, but – He's a guy who I think could kind of go either way. Like, he's not going to be bad, um, but he could be really good. Or he could kind of play, you know, third fiddle to uh, Gallup and, of course, Amari and all that. They run the ball quite a bit. Might be a little touchdown dependent. He's he's probably going to be fine, though, at the end of the day because he'll be in the slot more often than not, get get better matchups. Jefferson, I'm not feeling. Um, pretty good opportunity there, obviously. But he's actually been behind B.C. Johnson thus far i've heard T that yeah yeah t yeah. higgins forget it because uh, jefferson too like you know if i knew he was going to be in the slot all the time which he will be in the slot for sure uh that that's ideal but you know he's probably gonna have to be outside a little bit too and i don't know if he can you know win against uh press man coverage t higgins i'm out on um always been all year denzel mims forget it you know, because of all the time missed. Ayuk, I, I'm a little skeptical of, but I know Shanahan loves him. And I know he's bursting with talent. He's a little bit banged up now with the hamstring. They'll manufacture touches. He's just very affordable. Um, Brian Edwards, there's a lot of hype on him. And look, I'm in too. He's a great guy, by the way. They love him. And he's a, you know, he's not an explosive athlete, but everyone, you know, who studies his tape thinks he's a really good football player. Right. Chanel, I'm not in on, but. He's been moving up here. I actually talked to a guy today who said he's like looking pretty good and, and playing in the slot a little bit, by the way, because um, Didi's been been hurt. Uh, but the rest of these guys are long term guys. Although it looks like Chase Claypool is kicking butt there and making some noise. Yeah. yeah. So, all right, well, real quick, let's let's close out the rising stars here and give us give us your one or one or two tight ends that that you like that are climbing up the board. Well, I mean, Chris Herndon is climbing up everyone's board. I mm -hmm. mean, babies being born this week know that Chris Herndon <laughs> is looking good. Um, I've kind of been in on him for, for quite some time. I've
there. Um, I've been in on Hayden Hurst pretty much all year. Um, has. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. His, his, his ceiling has rose a lot and we can cut out one of the other questions later. I was going to ask you about Hayden Hurst. Like, has he got to the point where like his draft stock isn't worth it anymore? He was, I got him at like 11, 12, 13, 14 tight end in the very beginning back in like July. Yeah. He's now like tight end eight. I mean, is well, it like, ugh, maybe I, know. Not? I, I took him at one forty overall, like in March. So wow. at some point, Hayden Hurst jumped the shark, I think in like uh Jen or June or something like that. But I still, I still believe in him. Obviously all those targets vacated there with uh, Austin Hooper gone. I know they do have gauge and, and I do like Ridley this year and all that. I personally don't think they'll run the ball very well. I personally think that their defense will be poor and uh, perhaps more importantly, I know it's been slow going here, but he is, well, first of all, he's a great guy. Um, I was able to sit down with him at the combine. Really good dude. And he's doing a lot of work for mental health and all that. He's putting himself out there, which I, yeah. I'm really rooting for him for that alone. But I'm telling you, great, great guy. Uh, someone you would just love to hang out with, basically. But uh, he's more athletic than Austin Hooper. So I think he's going to be more dam- damaging and dangerous after the catch. And, and he'll make a little bit you know, more, more big plays. So I do believe in the talent. So I'm, I'm still in on him. Um, and then actually believe it or not. And, and our guy, uh, Adam Kaplan told us this like six weeks ago. And honestly, we didn't believe him. Jimmy Graham, you know, the bears or, uh, <laughs> the Packers thought he was done. That was it. They were done. And, and Kaplan said, look, I, I talk with the bears and, they feel like the Packers got it wrong and, and he can still play. And he's been really good this summer. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to draft him, but he went from being dead at like tight end 45 to up to 25. So that's actually probably the biggest riser. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. let's jump in here. To some quick, uh, fallers here. Um, and we got a, We got a bunch to get. We got a few more things to get to after this. And I know you got to go. So let's, let's try to rifle through these a little faster here. Yeah. Uh, quarterback let's just start with some guys that are dropping for you at quarterback you know again it's just not it's just weird i i can't really pinpoint guys who have moved i I don't know if that's tough you know i don't know if that's a function of uh getting it right the first time (laughs) when i did the projections and all that but uh, i can tell you let's just do this the, the the ones i'm skeptical of um I'm actually not feeling Kyler Murray as uh, as a really high high pick, and I loved him last year. Yeah, um, I think Dak should be clearly the third quarterback off the board. I'm not that into Deshaun Watson; he's somewhat a pricey. I'm really not into Brady. I think Brady and the in the and the Bucks are going to be fine, but I think it's going to be a little slow off the mark. And um, I actually talked with Brady's former office coordinator Charlie Weiss about this this week, and he thinks September might be a little slow for Tom. So be, beware. I mean, I guess do that. Yeah. I'm not a big Brady fan this year either, even though he's got a great offense around him. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not not feeling Stafford this year. He's volatile. Yeah. You know, everyone loved him two years ago, and I was like, eh, I'm not seeing it. And he was terrible. Now, last year he was great just because he was great for half a season. I don't know if, you know, that's a lock. I mean, they are pretty solid at receiver. Um, And I'm a little skeptical on uh, on Drew Locke for what it's worth, which is kind of – oh, and Teddy. I know people are taking Teddy. <laughs> yeah. They're interested in ter- Teddy. I'm like, I don't know. Good luck. You know, <laughs> availability issues. The O-line stinks. Yeah, their defense is going to be bad. 
but that could expose him to some problems. And, uh, you know, obviously he's new to the team, new number one receiver on the outside, new coach, uh, Brady, first time play call in the NFL. There's a lot that can go wrong there with Teddy. Yeah. So just dipping off into one of the questions here, we had a, a few of those guys listed in here. Um, I mean, it kind of seems like Dak, Kyler, Russell, and Watson are, are basically being interchangeable in the drafts for QB three to six. Uh, it sounds like obviously you're, you're a little more down on Kyler and Watson. So I'm going to guess you would put Dak and Russell ahead of the two of them. But what what's your general order for these guys? Um, you know, he's hard to be down on, but I, last last year was a little uh, eye-opening to me. But, you know, everyone likes to say, oh, I hold off on quarterbacks and, you know, they're a dime a dozen, which is kind of true. But, you know, if they say, oh, I know what Tom Brady's going to do this year or I know what Big Ben's going to do this year, I mean, they're kind of lying to you. Let's be honest here. There's a lot of guys there that we just – you don't really know. I do know this about Dak. Dak will be good. That we do yeah. know, you know, and that's why I, I'm willing to take a look at him if I'm like stuck in round number six. You know, in four seasons, he's finished sixth, tenth, tenth, and second. You know, he runs and, of course, Lamb. So, you know, that's the earliest quarterback I would take, Dak Prescott, ideally in round six. Come. Okay. Yeah. All right. So what about, uh, what about running backs then that, that you got falling down your rankings a little bit? Just like well, your top top fallers, I guess. Yeah. Um, Le'Veon Bell has dropped a little bit. Obviously, David Montgomery. Um, Kenyon Drake. I don't think it's a big deal. I think a lot of coaches this time of the year just shut them down. Like, we know we have in them. Just shut them down. Yeah. I've, already, I've been down on Gurley the whole year. I've been down on Fournette the whole year. So And David Johnson as well. Um, actually, one riser is uh, DeAndre Swift because I don't think Carrion Johnson is ever going to do it again. Like, I think he's got a chronic knee problem now. So I think we put Swift there on the, on the fast track. I've not been high on Mostert all year. Uh, Peterson, I mean, he dropped, he, he rose. Um, But in terms of drops, obviously Michelle. um, Yeah, that's about it. Nothing earth shattered. Keyshawn Vaughn, you know, yeah. But yeah. hey, it's a long season. I do still believe that Keyshawn Vaughn is going to be impactful, if not for six, eight games this year. Again, I'm not a Ronald Jones truther. Me either. <laughs> You'd have beef with one of our writers, John LaPresso, <laughs> Team Rojo. <laughs> loves loves him some time. Rojo. I, my problem with him is I like I don't like a dude Rojo, who looks. But... I don't like a dude who looks good on like every third carry. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I kind of want my guy to look good, like, all the time, you know, because you yeah. watch Ronald Jones, you're like, oh, wow, look at that run. And then you're like, eh, eh, oh, eh. You know, that's yeah. kind of Ronald Jones. <laughs> I, I'd like to know what his, uh, his, his rushing average is for that every third run. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. 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 
Yeah, 12 and a half. Not very yes. good hands either, by the way. Should be a great receiver. Somebody told me today he's improving, but every time I look at Twitter, literally every time I look at Twitter during the day, oh, Ronald Jones just dropped another pass. <laughs> yeah, about that. <laughs> uh, that's why I brought pass. in Shady. All right, any receivers uh, falling down your board? A lot of it is uh, would certainly be injury-related. Um I don't know. Maybe my rankings are just good. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I just don't need to adjust. Them. Obviously, it. Debo, you know, Debo. Obviously. Right. Yeah, he fell a uh, while ago. Uh, yeah, not that much in terms of uh, standing out. I mean, obviously, by the way, one of the bigger risers has been Steve Sims. Yeah, I mean, obviously. his name sounds like he's a jeweler. But, you know, <laughs> I think he could be uh, one of the best bargains in drafts this year, you know, get them at like 170 overall, could catch like yeah. 65 balls. Yeah. So tight ends, probably nobody's moving. I'm, I'm guessing on that. I, I'll just ask you a quick Gronk. Like, is he falling for you or is he like, where is he for you? Like, he's the big question mark at tight end for a lot of people, it feels like. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not feeling it. Um, it's a tough call, obviously, but I, I look, OJ Howard's been good this summer. I mean, I don't know if that's out there, but it's out there. I mean, he's been good. So um, that's one thing. Um, I think his snaps will be somewhat limited. You know, we live in a PPR world here. So unless you're projecting Gronk to score 10 touchdowns, I don't know how he, you know, finishes, you know, much higher than where we have him, where I have him at like 11. So I only have him catching 48 balls for 595 and and 7.5 touchdowns. So I'm giving him some touchdown love. But um, I don't find myself taking them. I'd much rather get, I don't know, I guess I'm more intrigued by the unknown, you know, like a Noah Fan or a, a TJ Hawkinson, a Tyler Higby, a younger player like that. Yeah, no, and, and <laughs> you're going to wrap up our tight end questions here that we had at the end. So that, that's good because we are cutting yeah. short on time and I got that draft in a, in a few minutes. So you mentioned you're talking about those unknown tight ends, those outside the top 180p tight ends, right? You know, you know, obviously, Kelsey, Kittle, Andrews, Ertz, Waller, Higby, and Ingram, Hurst, Henry. Those are the top 100 guys. After that, you know, you look at the Gaseckis and, and Jonah Smiths and, and, and guys like that, Fants and Hawkinson. Well, maybe not Hawkinson anymore, but Hawkinson, right? He's, he's in there, too. Who's your favorite out of that group? Yeah, right. I mean, it's hard to not say Hawkinson because I absolutely love Hawkinson, but I, I, I'm not sure he's going to be peppered with targets. I mean, I don't know if any of these guys are going to be – Probably earned it, honestly, at this point. Yeah. But I will say I'm not a Gasicki guy. You know, he's a tough call. There's no doubt about it. Um, there's just something missing there. You know, our guys, uh, Dolan and Brawley, are both Penn State alums. They were sports editors of the college paper, so they're they're pretty dialed in. And uh, he did this at Penn State, too, where he was like, looked like he might be a bust, and then he showed some signs of life. And then he kind of broke out. It took him like a long time. By the way, he's in his third offense in three years. Yeah. There's just something missing from him. He can make some spectacular catches, 
but he's a guy you kind of need to get the ball to on the move, things like that. He he did kind of flourish with volume last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm out on him. I'm also out on Austin Hooper, although he actually has moved up because I had him buried uh, with uh, David and Joku looking terrible again. Um, I do like Janu and I love Irv Smith. Yeah. The guy, the guy, I guess, who's tumbled a little bit is a guy that's been my guy for years. And look, it's very early, but the vibes on Jay Sternberger really have not been great this summer. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I hear that. So um, that wraps up the uh, risers and fallers. And, and you kind of, we kind of mixed in some of the other questions. So that's good. So let's just get to as many of these as we can and, and we'll, we'll cut it as soon as you got to say you got to go. And that's okay. Um, going into the quarterbacks here. You know, you, you were talking a little bit about like you're not a weight on quarterback guy, but there are a lot of people that are. I'm kind of one of them. Uh, I feel like you can get a guy. I, I kind of still do believe in Stafford. I don't think two years ago was the real Stafford. I think he. What are you feeling for that kind of? 13 to oh, yeah. 20 range of quarterbacks here. By the way, full disclosure, like ideally I've always said your best chance to form the best starting lineup is to wait on quarterback and actually tight end. Okay. Um, I, I do kind of wait. I just don't, but I think it is, I don't wait as long as, as others. And um, some people who think like it's all a dime a dozen and all that. I do try to get the breakout guy, you know, and sometimes you got to take that guy in the eighth round, which I'm fine with. So, you know, and I'm not even targeting Dak per se. I just brought it up to to you know to illustrate. I, I'm willing to take one in the sixth round. Well, it's got to be Dak Prescott, you know, with an embarrassment of riches. But ideally, I'm getting like a Josh Allen or a Carson Wentz in like the eighth or ninth round. That's yeah. ideal. Or a Matt Ryan. My fallback plan there is Daniel Jones. A few rounds later, um, and then my fallback plan from my fallback plan is the aforementioned Baker. And a little Joe Burrow. And I also do like uh, Jared Goff. Uh, and I'm all in on the Ram offense to bounce back. All right. Yeah, it's good stuff. All right. All right. So then moving into running backs here. Um, looking at the late first round to, you know, the the end of the second round running backs, you're looking at uh, – or beginning of second round, sorry. You're looking at Drake, Jacobs, Eckler, Chubb, Jones, um, you know, they're, they're kind of going in different orders uh, yeah. in every draft that, that I've done, at least. So you don't necessarily have to rank them. But is there one of those guys that that you would either, you know, favorite uh, versus a fade or, you know, which which one out of that kind of group stands out more to you? I'm going to guess it's not Drake since he's obviously a follower on your list. But <laughs> Might, may have been a couple of days ago, although he's freaking volatile as hell i mean we all know that a couple of different coaching staffs had problems with him i don't think he's a bad kid but there's there's something going on but we know what happened last year um Mm -hmm. i'd probably go aaron jones at this point you know i'm
I keep hearing just little rumblings that maybe the shoulder is still a little of a problem. So mm. it does concern me. I'm not feeling it with Eckler this year with without Philip Rivers. I mean, no disrespect, but um, I, I don't find myself taking him. Um, hopefully, I have my running back before we have to get into that, at least my RB1, like a Miles Sanders. Of course, I've been yeah. in on Edwards Alaire all, all, all along. You know, Joe Mixon, I've always loved, but it's kind of burned me a little bit. Uh, so I'm hoping yeah. I don't have to make a decision on freaking Joe Mixon. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, he's, both. he's really good. <laughs> no, I feel that. Totally feel that. Mixon burned me big time here. So we've got uh, we got a, a, a wide receiver question here. And, uh, you know, look, I, I've been super bullish on Allen Robinson all year and his ADP and his rankings have just risen. Like I had him way higher than most people early on. And then his, it's, everything's caught up. So now I'm wondering like it, when that happens, I almost feel like, well, was I right? Or right, right. now am I wrong? Like, well, I don't know what to think about him now. Like, do you take him where he's going, which is like wide receiver five, six, seven range? Yeah. Well, we have him at six. Yeah. That's and- where I've got him. Yeah, we've had him at six all along, too. So, I mean, you know, he's good. Um, he's probably the most underrated wideout in the league. Um, what, two catches shy of 100 with Trubisky? Yeah. Pretty fair I mean, like that's amazing. Last year. <laughs> that is amazing. I, I think, I think, um, I thought all offseason it was going to be Trubisky. I think they want it to be Trubisky. I think it still could be Trubisky. But it's not Trubisky for the whole yeah. the long haul. I mean, it's I mean, it falls it's, inches ahead, right? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> it's not good. It's not good. But no, I'm with you on Allen Robinson. Nah, yeah, uh, I, he's been fantastic. Sorry, AJ's laughing here because uh, I had to do it. Sorry. We got, uh, got some Bears fan here, or no? <laughs> no, I'm an Eagles fan. Yeah. That's my that's my my Brian Dawkins behind me. I, well, he's not he's not in the picture. He's he's over there, but right. Uh, are you from the yeah, are, you, are you from the Philly area? I grew up there, yes. Uh uh outside of about forty minutes uh south southwest of the city. Little well, bigger town now called Exton, but Westchester is the uh the bigger town. Oh yeah. Right I live there. I live ten miles across the Ben Franklin Bridge. So Ah, all right, nice. Uh Exton is that's not where yeah, Matt Ex- Ryan's from, is it? It is. Yep. Okay, that's what I thought. I have friends that went to uh, the grade school with Maddie, and um, I actually met him at a uh, a golf tournament that we did for my old neighborhood. Uh, runs a, a big tournament every year, and uh, he would just happen to be there with his dad playing golf. You know, whatever. Nice. So nice. that before or after super the nice time. terrible Virginia Tech game. Uh, this I think this was when he was still in college. So I was like, uh, I don't know what to I say. Hate you. <laughs> well, yeah, I live. It, um, it was. I, it was. I live in the know. same town as um, Joe Flacco. So I always thought that was interesting. That two number one picks of the OA draft grew yeah. up like thirty miles apart. You know, oh, it's, it's crazy. Two different states yeah. probably never played against each other or anything like that. Yeah, but I've been to Westchester many times. It's a beautiful town. Yeah. All right, so uh, we know you got to go. You got your big NFFC draft uh, going on in a few minutes here. So we want to thank you for coming on. Uh, Great conversations um, and great info. But make sure you remind everybody where they can find you on Twitter and stuff like that. Yeah, hopefully I didn't talk too much.
Yeah, no, it's good stuff. So, um, all right, well, thank you for coming on. Good luck in your draft tonight, and uh, we'll uh, hopefully have you on again soon. All right, guys, uh, have a great right. season. We'll talk to you next time. All right, all see right. you later. Thanks, John. Much appreciated. You got it. All right, AJ. Um, so, just a couple of the questions that we, you know, due to time, we had to skip. I, I kind of want to revisit if you got a couple minutes. I suppose. I suppose. <laughs> Crack open another beer. You'll be all right. Well, um, I'm still, yeah, I'm still finishing <laughs> the the earlier beer that I had, but I had to ha- had to have the freshie for for the show. Yeah, no, absolutely. especially since I have the damp surfboard. I was like, oh, this is perfect. Yeah. Uh, so one of the ones that I wanted to ask him was about this, like, you know, the vets, right? Melvin Gordon, Todd Gurley, stuff like that. Like they're on new teams. They're trending down in the ADPs. They were already low to begin with. They were already like the mid teens. Now they're in the low teens, if not outside of the teens. I mean, are we completely disrespecting these guys? Uh, I mean, I feel like I personally am. Uh, I don't. (laughs) own Gordon or Gurley yet anywhere. And it's it's not that I don't no. I feel like I, I, I it's not that I'm trying to disrespect them. Uh I just feel like Gurley's been an injury issue. Uh I do like the homecoming in Atlanta. I, I think he'll be utilized there well. But again it's um you know, there's a lot of mouths to feed there, and it's it's a passing offense um, with with my hometown boy Matty Ryan. So I just I don't love Gurley. Uh, I, I like Gordon. on Matt Ryan as a Hokie fan, dude. You can't not like this guy. <laughs> Come on, hey team fan card. When were we in college? Come on, jerk. When were we in college? How long ago was that? Doesn't matter. The guy, the guy destroyed us. All right, still he destroyed hurts. us because he's he, excellent. He destroyed us in the last three minutes. It still hurts. Anyway, exactly. He only needed three minutes of excellence to destroy us. He so. beat him for fifty-seven minutes, and then he scored. Anyway, uh, anyway. All right. So yeah, uh, of the two, I, I like. I feel like I like Gordon better. But I don't necessarily love his situation either. So I, I, I don't necessarily think it's as much of a, ah, screw the vets. We, we don't want to deal with them. I just think it's a situational thing, too. Like Gurley's a little more injury issues for me. But Gordon is more of a situational issue. Yeah, I, I'm pretty much out on Gurley. I'm letting him fall. Like, like if he falls to me, like, I don't even know if he follows me like running back 22 ish. I'll probably take him. Like I do have him ranked higher, but that's kind of like where John was saying, like, right. Like some of my rankings are based off of, I think he's going to finish total year that point level. And so you sort of have to rank him there, but ideally I don't want him there. And that's where consistency like Bob Lung comes into play, right? He's going to be banged up. He's going to have these games where, they're just not going to run because their defense kind of stinks and they're not going to be able to run. They're just going to pass, pass, pass. And if he doesn't fall into the end zone, like he did 12 times last year, he's not going to be that good. Uh, yeah. So he's going to have these up and down games. Um, so I'm off of Gurley. If, if I have to take one, it's Mel Gordon. I think Denver's like I spoke to last week in the mock draft where I took him as my RB three. That's mm-hmm. where I want him. 
I don't want to have to yeah. rely on him. He's going to be a flex guy. Um, I think Denver signed him to that big contract because they want to use him. And Gordon, a little yeah. bit, is got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. Now, if that turns into anything, we'll see. Uh, and that's why he's ranked a little lower. But I you know injury issues are, are always there with him too. But um, if I have to pick one, it's definitely Gordon over Gurley, even though I think yeah. my rankings say otherwise, <laughs> which is weird. Yeah, and like I said, it's a situational thing uh, with with Gordon for me. Um, I, I do agree with the chip on the shoulder thing. It's like, hey, I'm just moving within the division, so I, yeah, I'm going to come see you purpose, again. Man. But it's like, eh, all right, well, Rivers isn't there, so what, what are you what are you proving to just the team in general? Like, you're not going to give a, a big middle finger to to Philip Rivers. He's not even in the division anymore. So whatever. Yeah. Um, I think it's more the team, but. All right, so the next question we had here for the running backs then was, uh, and John kind of touched on these guys a little bit, or a couple of them, uh, Antonio Gibson, AP, Bryce Love. So they're all rising up the ranks because of the the guys being cut news. Mm-hmm. I mean, who do you like the most as a Washington football team fan, former Ex-fan. fan? fan yeah. <laughs> uh Talent wise, it's probably Gibson or Love. Um, just as like upside, you know, the younger, maybe they can, you know, you know, have a spark and, and be and be big time. If you want to just get the consistent points from that backfield, you're going Adrian Peterson. He's gonna be the main guy. Um it would take Gibson and Love to do a lot to overtake AP, I think, for the majority of the touches there. Ideally, I'm I'm off this backfield, though. I don't really want anything to do with it. I think it can be three or four-headed monster. Uh, yeah. I'm totally blanking on the fourth guy right now. Um, <laughs> um, anyway, obviously it doesn't matter. But, yeah, I, I if you've got to take someone as like an RB5, 6 range, which is where I did one time in, in a draft just recently... I'm thinking AP. Gibson's going way ahead of him, and I don't think that's right. I think people are just getting too excited about the rookies. Uh, yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> and that's, I mean, the guy should be a future Hall of Famer, so I got to put my money on him. Um, I've been a fan of his from a fantasy standpoint for a long time. Um, not necessarily a fan of his as a personal standpoint, um, but you know he's uh he's 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 going to get you what you need and it's not going to be pretty but it'll be points and it'll win you some matchups so i, I agree that that ap's got to be the guy uh ahead of these other two um i would i mean i know Bryce loves getting a lot of love but i think we can we can do I, this so. i mean i've got him stashed on taxi squads in two different dynasty leagues that I'm in and you know, I'm, I'm hoping something happens with him. So <clears throat> I just don't know if it's going to be this year. Unfortunately, you know, he's got all the knee issues and, and you know, whatnot. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be tough for him to, to make a name for himself, but I right, man, well, I think that's pretty much it. We had a couple other questions that, you know, we've kind of discussed in past shows, you know, about the San Francisco running back situation. You know, we had, you know, Lockett, Metcalf and cup and, 
and Woods, you know, we, we've touched on those before. I think people can just go back yeah. to other shows and, and, and listen to those if they really want to. Nothing's really changed. As much, you know, John alluded to numerous times, not a lot has changed this offseason, minus injuries and, you know, maybe a couple camp news tweaks here and there. But it's hard to get a, a beat on these guys right now because you just don't know. I mean, John's got his, you know, ear to the ground more than any of us because of all the contacts he has and things like that. But he hasn't moved things, you know, almost as much as I haven't. So it's <laughs> it's kind of saying something. So, yeah, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I think we can just cut it there, man. Uh, it's been a great show. I want to thank John again for coming on. It was an honor to have him here, and uh, yeah. we'll, we'll cut it awesome. out there. Absolutely. All right. Cheers, everybody. See you. Happy, Happy Thursday. Thursday. <laughs>